You're listening to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show presented by SuperOps.ai, where we go behind the scenes with today's top MSP owners and experts and get to know what they are really doing to evolve their business. Hi, everyone. Welcome to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show. I'm Arvind Patibhan, the founder and CEO of SuperOps, and I'm going to be hosting Andrew Moore. He's our special guest. And he's the CEO of IronEdge, an MSP based out of Houston, Texas. A quick introduction about him. In his career spanning over two decades, he has successfully built several businesses into multi-million dollar companies. And Andrew also has this fusion of process development, data analysis, and mentoring talented employees, which provides a foundation for building strong and profitable organizations. In short, he's an operations champion. That's what precisely what we'll be discussing today. And also a fun fact, which I'm very keen on, he's into sports and he's a soccer coach. And I'm going to ask more about what he does there. Yeah. So without further ado, I'm going to let Andrew introduce himself. Andrew, how are you doing? Hey, Arvin. Thanks for having me. Thanks for getting the bio out there. I've been working with Iron Edge Group for 10 years. Before that, I worked for another MSP in Houston, Texas, and kind of helped a team there, a small team, build that up to a, a fairly sizable organization before I left to, to do the same thing with Iron Edge. And then previous to that, I had worked for the Department of Homeland Security on a grant for bioterrorism defense, which has kind of helped me to understand early in my career kind of the importance of building processes and understanding contingency plans and being prepared for disasters. And, you know, living in Houston, we're constantly getting hurricanes down here. So, you know, when I, when I started with Iron Edge, it, it gave me a real opportunity a little over 10 years ago to try to take the best of all the things that I had done in my previous MSP life and then take some of the stuff that I learned when I was working for the government, kind of meld all that together and, and try to create a, a, a process system that was service focused, but also contingent, right? To be able to provide support to our clients when, when things weren't going well. Yes, and I had to ask one more thing. I've seen I'm seeing a lot of musical instruments. There's so many guitars. So do you play? Oh, <laughs> yeah, actually. So those have been collected over the years. A couple of them are my sons. Uh, a couple of them have been gifts. To use the word play would be an insult to people who play guitar. I fiddle around on guitar. I do play the piano. And our our company actually has a band, which is pretty hmm. cool. So we, you know, what the the our drummers on our support desk, our business intelligent lead was playing guitar with us. A guy who runs our, our knock is our guitar player and bass player. So it's, it's pretty cool. So, you know, we've, we get together at the company functions and we, we play and it's a lot of fun. So cool culture. Deal. Awesome. That's always fun. So quickly, let me get into my first question, right? So it's been an interesting year, 2020. Interesting is an <laughs> underrated word, but yeah. I know a lot of us are getting back to offices, but part of the world is always go- going to remain for this, the new normal, right? Like people are working from remote places and a lot of companies have adopted this remote working as the new normal where even companies have, even if things are going to come back to normal with all these vaccination things, certain companies are going to embrace remote working as a new culture. So what's your take on that? I think honestly, and this happened very early in the pandemic, right? So to start from the very, very beginning, when I worked for this Homeland Security grant with the city of Houston, I worked in the epidemiology department and they would always say that a pandemic was the biggest threat that we always had. And it was really difficult in, I guess, across the country because we had always been so good at responding to them. And even in Houston, because hurricanes are, are more prevalent to get anybody to buy into the idea that 
we'd be taken offline by a disease. Now that's obvious that that's a, a big deal. And early in the pandemic, and so we, we've always built out processes to kind of be a, aware of this sort of thing, right? In the background that, that could happen. And what we found was when I was working early in the pandemic with myself and the other management team members or with other groups in my peer groups, right? So I'm in a couple of different peer groups with other MSPs across the country. Their focus was almost entirely on supporting of the remote workers that they were supporting with their clients, right? And so there was this huge focus on that. And one of the things that I started to raise questions about was, well, what about us? Yes. Right. And, And I look back on there's that diagram that you see when you get on an airplane where it shows like if there's an emergency and the mask drops, you're supposed to put yours on first and then take care of your kids, right? And so many MSPs ignored that because, and rightfully so, right? They were scrambling. Like, let's let's take care of our clients. Let's take care of our clients. And after the pandemic had really started to ramp up and people realized, wait, this is going to be more than like a week or two. There were a lot of them, I don't think that really took the time to try to understand how being remote affected their workflows and processes and security and business as an MSP, right? And that's not an indictment. I'm I'm not upset about it, or I don't think that that's a a huge shortcoming of of their operations or or ownership. But I think it's important to realize that they have a responsibility and an obligation to their clients to begin to re-examine the way that they did things and their employees, honestly, to be safe. Right. So I started to advocate very strongly for it in, in my peer groups about look at what you're doing. Reevaluate yourself as an MSP. Now is your chance to look at how you've built these things and decide is this what we want to do moving forward? Right. Do, do we want to have to have everybody in an office so we can do management by walking around? Do we need to just see what everybody's doing? Is it, you know, is it the healthiest way to get things done here? Are we holding people accountable? for deliverables or are we holding people accountable to show up and answer a phone? Oh. Right. And those were the questions I started, uncomfortable questions I started to ask some of my my peers. And some of them ran with it. Some of them didn't, right? Decisions that they made. And in all of them have been moderately successful, but I found the ones that took the idea of changing their processes truly to, to focus on how remote work changed the way that they were as an organization, they have been more successful as they adopted that earlier. Interesting. That's really interesting. And more than clients having a distributed workforce and officers, you created a setup like how MSPs can be distributed and how we can provide that. And we are into services business, right? We, we have to provide that services. And we always think about clients first than us as an MSP. So uh, here is a curious question, right? So do you think it expanded your opportunity of market Damn, like the addressable market became bigger just because you are working remote now and you are working out of different sites and different places. Now you, you're not just limited to your city or your state. Now you can actually do business anywhere. It's like, is that an opportunity? Do you see it as an opportunity? I think it's an opportunity for a lot of MSPs. We've really, luckily for us, we've adopted a remote work system for years. And so we've been in a position where we can remotely support a lot of our clients. We do have a lot of property management firms, a lot of retail And so they'll open up a site or something, an apartment complex they'll take over, or they'll open up a new site in like St. Louis where we're not boots on the ground. And so we've learned how to adapt and and do that over over 10 years. But I do think that it's important for MSPs to look at a couple of different things when they're dealing with 
their addressable market in being remote. It certainly could give you the opportunity to move into mm. smaller market areas if you want to change your processes, you can support them. It also gives you the opportunity, if you really want to focus on it, to be able to allow your current employees to work in different markets yeah. or to hire people out of your current addressable market. Like we're, we're lucky in that Texas is a massive state. I've had a couple of our team members move to Austin because we're in Houston. We have an office in San Antonio. I've had somebody that we're about to hire out of the Dallas region. So we're in a good spot where we can start now looking for talent and keep them from being remote in that they're, they're not outsourced, but I can look for other markets and bring those folks in and ask them to be a part of our team because we've changed our processes to accommodate for that. So that's been really helpful. Really helpful. Awesome. Awesome. And I heard about your burning the boat concept and really yeah. loved it. Like, can you exactly break down what went down in each of these departments? Like break down how asynchronous communication worked, how each team adopted it and the challenges you faced in bringing this concept. Absolutely. So the founder of WordPress, I got turned on to a Matt Mullenweg, he, he did a, a podcast with Sam Harris that my brother-in-law turned me on to and right in like March. And it was like evangelical to me. I was like, oh my God, that, right? And he really talked about a distributed workforce, right? Because as remote denotes, there are there's a central location and everybody is, is not in that central location and eventually they'll come back to it. Distributed is more, we're just spread out and this is how we're going to function. And so we really started to adopt that as the pandemic in the first few weeks started to kind of move forward, we started to adopt that jargon within the organization. We started to say, we're distributed, we're distributed, not remote, we're distributed. And what we found in that first four to six weeks, right, was we as a management team hadn't made the decision that we were going to stay remote, right? So it was mid-April or so. And what I started to see was there was a lot of frustration from the team, from the leadership, because things were getting done. And after the adrenaline had worn off, we were seeing where balls were getting dropped. It wasn't anything major, but it was just stuff where we were all kind of discombobulated, right? And so I talked to Ryan, our owner, and I said, I, I think we're just going to have to say, we're going to be remote to the end of the year. And even if everybody starts to go back, we don't have to. We're a mature enough company that we don't have to go back. Let's get everybody a chance to, they can figure out how to get back in. We don't want to clog up stuff. We don't want our team to get sick. Like, let's let other people figure it out and we're going to focus on us. So once we did that, we called it burning the boats. We said, you're going to have to figure this out, team. We're here to help. We're all going to get together as a group. And we're going to do this together. But you can't just hold on to your work, hoping that next week you're going to go back into the office. You can't just hope that one day you'll be able to go have lunch with somebody, right? Sales team. You can't just hope that we'll be able to get to this conference marketing team, right? We can't just hope that eventually we can go on site to fix this problem, support team, projects team, right? And so it really caused a few weeks of us sitting down and really doing some self-examination and say, okay, how do we do this differently? And so one of the easiest things to point to as an example is for marketing, we were all in person. We were doing one-to-many events. We were doing lunches. We were, we were out there talking to folks. We were in part of conferences. We switched everything to digital. Everything went digital. We started doing podcasts. We started doing webinars. We started focusing on content creation, driving our LinkedIn followers, and really tried to push that. And it resulted in the, at the end of the year, we had the, the best sales year we've ever had to date awesome. right? in, in a pandemic, right? Because the team adopted this and moved it forward. The projects team did the same thing. There was this change. And then we started to use the tools that we were actually using. Like before we used teams just to chat with each other. It was just chat. Okay. We adopted it, right? We started to use planner and we started to use 
the Teams channels and we started to use the product for our video conferencing. We started to use it to outreach to sales. We started to record what we were doing in our meetings and post them into channels on stream so that we could go back and review them. Like we started to build a system where it didn't require you to prairie dog up when you had a problem. You knew exactly what you were supposed to do. I'm going to open a thread. I'm going to include these people. I'm going to name the thread. I'm going to include files and screenshots as necessary. And people began to communicate differently. And once that happened, the momentum was unstoppable, right? And that was really refreshing to see is that the team really followed the leadership off the cliff because we were like, this is the only other way to go. We can sit here and wait and turtle shell up, but we didn't have a choice really. Like we had lost some revenue because we had a lot of movie theater chains that we were supporting. So we had to make a decision. It was curl up in a ball and wait for this to go away or really get after it and and burn the boats and, and find a new way to work. And the team did it. And it was, it was an impressive thing to see how productive, how successful all the departments were in, in doing that. But it, it took an effort for everybody to have to buy into it and you had to focus awesome. on it. Awesome. I really like the part where how the team mindset switch happens. It's very important, right? Because everybody are working in remote now. In fact, we are trying to bring in a lot of tools and focusing on collaboration and communicating, right? The communication has to be more than usual. You have to like articulate much more clearly and also get that collaboration in place. So I'm curious, what kind of tools did you use? Like how did this collaboration and communication improve working in remote places? I think that would be the biggest challenge for any company, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we had originally, we were a very communicative group to begin with. It's just kind of a core part of our culture. And what we found was prior to going remote, it was a problem. We knew it. We were getting destroyed by email. Like there would be things that you would just get lost and you would have client communications and vendor communications and internal communications, and you could try to keep it organized, but it was always incredibly difficult. And so what we really did was we adopted the Microsoft Teams platform to be our primary. I know some people use Slack or other tools, but we, we focused on Teams. And what we tried to do was take all communication that was internal to our company and move it there. So nice. we created channels, we created threads, we built a system that allowed us to focus entirely on communicating internally in a very free form, but structured way, right? There were some rules to the road, like make sure you name the chat thread, make sure you invite the right people, right? Share your files in that. And then as we started to learn kind of how that worked, people became more focused on it. The other thing that was really important outside of just the tool, which I can't stress enough is I'm not going to say forcing, but strongly encouraging dedicated workspaces within people's homes, right? Now, one of the things you have to remember is these people didn't sign up for this. 90% of the people that are on our team now, or or more, probably 95%, we've hired a couple of people since, which is its own thing. We could go on a whole podcast about that, about hiring and onboarding team members remotely. But we had to sit down and say, listen, I know you didn't sign up for this and you may not have a great space for this, but you're going to have to find one. You have to find a desk, not your kitchen table, right? You're going to have to find a place where you can't be interrupted. Maybe a place where you can close the door, a place where you set yourself up to be successful. So when you walk in there, you're at work. And helping people to understand that that was a core part of dedicating themselves to this, to burning the boats. Like this isn't temporary. You're not going to just get by, right? So we provided them their rigs, right? We let them go up to the office and take their personal belongings and take their monitors and other, you know, things that they need. Like I, I got a desk chair from the office because I had, didn't have one. Like 
the ownership of our company allowed everybody, Ryan allowed everybody to come in and, nice. and assimilate their stuff. So it was a combination of having the right hardware and setup at your house on top of making sure that people were communicating in these threads, using Teams, and really focusing on making email more of an externally facing system, right? A place to organize communications with our vendors and our clients and, and really having Teams be our internal communications platform. And that was super, super helpful. If you're listening to SuperPod, the No Filter MSP show, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. It helps us bring more amazing guests, improve discoverability, and more importantly, acts as a push for our team to produce more quality interviews. Tweet or send us a screenshot of your review, and we have a surprise gift coming your way. That's awesome. So I clearly see that you have a playbook which has worked, and as you said, you had the best quarter this year during the pandemic. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you. If you were to make it a play playbook, and if you were to advocate it to other MSPs to learn from your success, right? What would be the top three advices you would give on how they can go remote? Uh, that's a great question. So I would say start with start with making the decision that you're going to be remote and stick to it, right? You can't waver on it. And you have to understand is that when you do that, there are still core functions that are going to require you to have to have a physical presence somewhere. So I'm not advocating that people ditch having an office. You still want to have a presence. Like you still want to have a conference room right? Where you can invite clients to eventually at some point or have meetings at, you still probably need a logistics location. You can stage computers, hardware and equipment, right? Take deliveries, send stuff out to your clients, take mail, checks, all that sort of stuff. And, and that's aside from having like a PO box, like you want to have some sort of an office, right? But then decide what core personnel need to be in that office, how you're going to conduct them coming and going from that office, what protocols you have in place about who gets to go up there and how, and then really start to focus on the tool. Like, how do we communicate with each other? What do our channels need to look like? How do we train everybody to correctly put the information in the right place so that it's not lost, right? And really focus on, on doing those things to build towards that asynchronous communication. Because what you should not do is try to forklift the processes that you used in the office and just make them remote, that will never work and you will be frustrated. You, you should always start looking at these tools that you use, whether it's Slack, whether it's Teams, to focus on the communication. And then after you start focusing on the communication, like this is how we're going to communicate, then your management team should focus on your outcomes. Okay. Outcomes are critical. I've heard this a lot and we've had clients that have approached us and said, you know, how do we monitor what our employees are doing so that we know that they're working while they're remote? And our position is, well, we're not, we're not going to provide that sort of software because first of all, we don't think it's actually accurate most of the time. But secondly, our position is we, we feel strongly with our own team that if you're focused on their outcomes and you're mentoring them through what their deliverables should be, right, then you'll know if they're productive. Yep. Right. And so yep. you should focus on those outcomes. Is it projects closed on time? Is it tickets closed on time? Is it new clients signed in any given quarter? Is it making sure that you know you're you're making your margins on your your procurement purchases right those are your outcomes that you should be looking at and helping the team to try to make decisions on how they communicate together to drive to those outcomes and if you can drive to those outcomes it's really easy for me to sit down and say whether a team member is productive or not and then i start to get to the point with certain team members based on you know how they're aligned obviously help desk is going to be a little different but there are certain team members that i'm starting to get to the point of where 
they don't necessarily have to be available to me from eight to five. I'm just looking at their outcomes. So if they've got a family situation where they need to be involved with little kids or an aging parent or whatever, because they're working remote and they don't come online till 10 o'clock, I don't necessarily care. Did you get the deliverable done? Is it completed? Have you communicated properly? Have you put the communications in teams? Are you available for a phone call if there's an emergency? Those are the things that I care about more than I care about necessarily, again, having everybody logged in at the same time so I can stand watch over them to make sure that they're being productive because that's a waste of my time and that takes away from their ability to be creative and to grow. And I need them to focus on that. Absolutely. You know, pretty, pretty much we had the same thing, but I, you know, how I call it in our team, we call it a Spider-Man code. We say great powers comes with great responsibility. Yeah. Right. And this is a That's power a where we, right, where we give that responsibility to people to close the project in time and take in, instead of micromanaging them, that they, it's up to them to keep that power, right? Mm-hmm. If they misuse it, it's taken away. Right. That's exactly how I think you guys have handled it as well. But I, I have a follow-up question on this remote, right? These are all good things. You have cracked the playbook, remote working has helped you. But at a point, I also see a lot of, uh, based on, uh, I've spoken to a few other MSPs, there is a fatigue in home without meeting people, working in, uh, and mm-hmm. that, that takes a hit on your mental health as well, right? Yep. Like, how do you handle that? Like, mental health has been on the rise, especially in the MSPs now. And we're hearing a lot about this and groups helping each other. Did you face something like that in your organization? Or if at all, do you have any plans on handling something like mental health? Yeah. I mean, and it's something that I brought up with my peer groups before too, you know, just as an, as an operator and as a manager and from ownership, right. I've seen that in other peer groups where as much fun as this industry is, it's hard. Right. And and it's a lot of, you're constantly helping people, but there's nobody, we always say to our services, like nobody ever calls and says, everything's working great. And I love what you're doing for me. And it's a thankless job. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And, and (laughs) And it's hard. And you get that camaraderie when you're sitting in an office full of people and they all know they've had, you know, a rough day together, right? The phones are blowing up, things are hard. And you know, you kind of get that. And, you know, back when we we were all in the office, we would keep a refrigerator, you know, full of beer, right? And like on a Friday, you could grab a beer at four o'clock and hang out. And, you know, we would cater in lunches and we would do stuff because we knew it wasn't easy. So we've done a few things this year to try. We do a, a meeting every Friday where it's an all hands meeting and everybody logs out of the queue and we spend an hour, which we used to do once a month. Now we do it every week. We talk about our accomplishments. We talk about, we really raise people up to focus on their, the things that they've been doing well. When people are struggling, now that we're, we got our feet underneath us, we're allowing some people to go back into the office as necessary. One, so that they can stay focused if their life at home is, is crazy. But every now and again, like they get to talk to somebody that they work with, right? They see somebody like we've, we've allowed some little mini group projects where some people have had to get together to do some deployments or to get a new marketing initiative in in order. So we've kind of allowed like small groups to get together in very safe and limited capacity. But I think this is really going to lend itself towards what the next steps are going to be, right? As things begin to open up. And that's what our focus is going to be on this quarter is what, what our next steps are. Now, which brings to my next question, right? So 2021, and the question is twofold. Like if you were to advise a new MSP who's going to start this year, how will, what will you tell them? Like what should they focus on to win business or do something? And also I want to know what are your plans this year? Like how are you prepared for 2021 and what are your plans? So if somebody was going to start an MSP or to, or to pick one up and, and start to, to make some changes, I mean, I, I would seriously focus on looking at the tools 
and seeing what tools that they have that are going to drive them towards the ability to create what what we're looking at as a, as a hybrid work environment, right? Like a remote and on-premise type, you know, a distributed work environment where you'll have some people that can go into an office or like to work in an office, or you'll start going back to lunches or conferences. You'll start doing things like that. And then with probably 80% of your time being remote. And, and what I would focus on is to look at those tools and say, do we have the right tools in place and are we using them properly, right? Are we using them in a secure way? Are we using them properly? Are we using them in a way that, that adds to the benefit of our clients and our team? And, and then the next focus, as I talked about before, would really just be on what are my outcomes, right? And that's just something that it's hard to do to work on the business and not in the business, especially if you're just getting started, but really having a conversation about what are our goals? Like, what, what, is our, what, what do we want to get out of our relationships with our clients and how do we measure that? I would warn people, don't get too stringent about your measurement, right? Like, especially when you're just getting started out, like it evolves. It's something that happens over time. You're going to learn that you're wrong a lot. And those yeah. are important lessons to learn, right? Those learning cycles from screwing up are, are critical. I mean, we, we've done it as a company multiple times retrenching. And there have been times that we were like, well, that was terrible. We'll never do that again. But what we're finding is, is that as long as everybody is effectively communicated with, and there's a description of kind of what their expectations are, and we've provided them some tools in order to meet those goals, people want to do a good job, right? Yep. And, and, and you just have to communicate with them and, and not stand over their shoulder. And, and as far as 2021, you know, up until last week, I, I was, you know, I kind of figured we'd already be like deep into kind of what our thought processes were. We've got some turmoil going on right now out in the out in the government, but I'm optimistic by you know the end of this month, the middle of February, we're going to have a much better idea of what vaccination rollout's going to look like, about how that affects our client base, about how that affects our team, right? And so I think by the end of this this quarter, our goal is to make a determination as to how we take the best of being remote and start yeah. melding it back into what we really liked about being in the office and get yeah. rid of some of the the crap that you deal with, with both with the isolation of being remote or the constant interruption of being in an office, right. Or the oversight that happens where you lack creativity, where people are just kind of standing around or, you know, we're, we're going to start figuring that out. And that's probably going to lend itself to creating opportunities for groups and teams to get together in a very structured way, right. Hey, for the next two days, we're going to be in the office and we're going to focus on our deliverables and this one project and this thing we're trying to get it in. We're going to start creating, as Mullenweg would put it, we're going to create more intense opportunities to get together where relationships are built and, and foundations are, are solidified rather than just this constant drip of, of being around people where you just kind of get accustomed to them. We want it, like when you go to a conference, we want it to feel like short-term, intense, highly focused a lot of trust being built, a lot of memories being created, and then boom, back to being remote again, right? Do your job, do your job, do your job. get back together and do something really cool and important. Do your job, do your job, do your job. So that's kind of what we're focused on as, as an organization is how to do that. Starting in, in March, April, we're going to start integrating that back into our culture. That's nice. I'll quickly jump to rapid fire round. So we oh. have planned a, where you don't think, you just tell from what's on top of your mind. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. What's your biggest MSP pet peeve? Oh, my biggest MSP pet peeve is when we tell a client to do something a hundred times and then we lose the account and another MSP comes in and tells them to do the same thing we've been telling them for two years and they do it. 
I'm like, what happened? We've been telling you for years. That's my biggest. I can, I can, I can imagine. Yeah. Right. This is a fun one. I used to live in Austin. So I. Uh, right on. Uh, yeah. So I know my favorite steakhouse. What is yours? Oh, my favorite steakhouse? Yeah. Well, I like Brennan's. And it's, it's in Houston. I used to be an account of mine back in my previous MSP. I knew the ownership over there. That was a cool place to go. It's always been you, one of my favorite should, places to go. You should try Salt Licks. I've heard that's delicious. Yes. I've heard this. I thought you were going to go barbecue and then I was going to be like, oh my God, you're going to put me on the spot. I appreciate the steakhouse question. <laughs> All right. So here's another one. You coach soccer, right? So you're a soccer coach. I, right? I have coached soccer. I have coached basketball. I'm terrible nice. at both. Which is your favorite soccer club? Oh, see, this is self-serving. Like I, I love, I love the Dynamo, right? Like I'm in, I'm in Houston, so I, I can't <laughs> not support the the Orange team. Right? Like they're down in the bird's nest. Like they're they're awesome. <laughs> I love watching, I love watching them play when when we've had a chance to get out there and and see them. So that that's been fun. We had a lot of championships when they were first. <laughs> I kind of figured you're going to say all Houston clubs. So if you were to pick a football club other than Houston, right? Any football club. It can be NFL or college. Which is your favorite other than Houston? (laughs) I don't know. Can I say Team USA? Can I say no. can I say women's U, women's USA? They're not uh, going to say long <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to go with the women's gold medal championship team. That's, That's what I'm going to say. Nice. I am honestly like. So here's the thing about soccer. Just so because everybody who listens to soccer on this podcast is going to be like, "That guy's an idiot." I am like, my kids played soccer, and I understood how American football works and basketball a little bit, and I was like, "Look, the goal is just to control the ball." Like, and that's how I would coach them for that. So we had incredibly defensively minded teams, but I didn't know anything. I didn't know, I didn't know what it, what any of the positions were. I was like, Hey, maybe you should run up there and, and kick the ball. So I did my best. <laughs> I did my best. That's, that's nice. All right. So what's your productivity hack, right? As an MSP and also work, been working in remote, like what is your biggest productivity hack? Ooh, productivity hack. So I typically find that if I have to do something that I might have to do again, I try to take a couple of extra minutes and create more of a template or a process around it. And that provides me, really provides me the opportunity later to come back in. Like easy stuff, right? And I know this sounds goofy. Like if you're writing an email that you're gonna have to send to like three or four different people, like I just I create the template and then I copy and paste it. Like that's a simple example of it, but I get even more complex when we talk about project templates in our, you know, ConnectWise environment, or we talk about, you know, building out programs for our marketing team and stuff. Like the focus has always been like, if you're going to have to do it more than once, create a process around it, create a template around it. And it slows you down a little bit, but as I always tell our teams, there's, you know, it's like running a race. Like when you're training, you, you slow down so that at some point you can run faster. And so that's what I really focus on is that slow part at the beginning where you can create a process around something, templatize it just a little bit. And then that really allows you to be able to communicate it to other people and do it again faster the next time. Absolutely. All right. So if you were to recommend MSP resource, when I say MSP, it can be a blog or a podcast or a book, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, right? For some other MSPs to learn from, what would be that recommendation? I always recommend peer groups. I know there are a lot of them out there. We're part of Taylor Business Group. I know that there's a bunch. If you can get into a peer group, you should. I honestly haven't gotten together with any of the people in my peer groups and not had, I'm actually at a meeting today at noon. I, I have not had a, an in-person meeting with those folks where I wasn't 
I didn't get one thing out of it, right? One small thing that I was able to take back and implement into what we were doing. Sometimes it was small. It was a piece of software. Sometimes it was an entire process change. And I'll tell you, like we talked about Arvin earlier, like this is not an easy like industry to, to be in. And so just being around other people that people. get it, because yeah. as much as my wife loves me, like I complain about what happens here. I can see her eyes glaze over a little bit and she's just like being, you know, kind and supportive. She's like, yeah, that sucks. But when you sit down with another operator at an organization and you complain about the same things and vent yourself out and they really understand and give you feedback and provide that empathy and that support that you need, it is incredibly cathartic and it's very helpful so that it doesn't eat you up because it can be tough, right? It can be tough if you take it personally and you really focus on what you're doing to to build your company and your team. So I find peer groups immensely helpful. You know, they've walked your path and they know exactly the pain points you're going through. Oh, yeah. That's very important. Right, and I have one last question. If you were okay. to recommend another speaker, if you were to like give a guest recommendation for us and who should be on this podcast, mm. who would it be? Jack Lincourt. He is an operator out of the Northeast and he's been a part of a couple of MSPs and he is the most detail-oriented, process-driven operator that I've ever encountered. I mean, I'm a process person, but he makes me look immature. Like he's amazing. I would strongly recommend reaching out to Jack. I can get you his information after the podcast, but he's an amazing guy. I've learned a tremendous amount from watching the way that he manages his support team and how he puts together his operational stuff and, you know, detail oriented, just fantastic guy to, to, to and, and helpful, willing to share with anybody who's willing to listen. He's an evangelist for this industry. So I, I'd recommend talking to Jack. He's pretty awesome. Awesome. And we are the end of the show now. We can't believe like 30, 40 minutes just went by. <laughs> Been amazing. And thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Thank you once again. And for all the listeners here, don't miss it. Superpod, the No Filter MSP show. Thanks, Arvin. Thanks.